This podcast is brought to you by Doritos Cool Ranch. Doritos isn't just a chip, it's fuel for disruption. With flavors that ignite adventure and inspire action. Are you ready? If so, crunch on. Ribbit Ribbit and welcome to the Lilypad, an unforgettable fortnightly dive into topics important to you. I'm your host, the one you thought you'd seen the last of. Luke. And for our first ever episode, I am so excited to chat about all things supernatural, spooky, and the unexplained with a professional psychic, Jared White. Uh, I think there might be a mix-up. Oh, what do you mean mix-up? I'm not a psychic. Okay, one second. Bumblebee. (sighs) Yeah. What is going on? Jared is definitely a psychic. I'm a psychologist. All right. I don't, like, how does that even happen, babe? You're the producer on this. He's a psychologist. I just Googled who to talk to about afterlife, and I found Jared. Um, did you Google afterlife or just who to talk to like about life because mm. then we might have just ended up with a psychologist should i leave no let's just roll with what we've got i'm sure some of these questions still work and we will uh, we will talk about this later we will talk about this later thank you bumblebee you're welcome, babe. Hopping along, singing a song, talking to folks about what's going on. From my pond to yours, the lily pad. So today on the lily pad, we're joined by clinical psychologist Dr. Jared White. Thank you so much for coming on to our little show. Thanks um, for having me on. So, Jared, when did you first know that you had the gift? Um, are you still talking to me as though I'm the psychic? I think that's maybe the question for your other guest. Oh, yeah, that's right. Man, it would have been cool to have a psychic. Can't tell you much about the supernatural, but I can answer your psychology questions. Never say never. But to start, we've got the studio booked, so... Why don't I just ask you some of the questions I've always wanted to ask a psychologist. So Jared, this is a pretty common scenario in my friendship circle. So what advice would you give to someone who's hesitant to engage in therapy? There's hesitation there because they they don't believe in the process or they've had a less than great experience in the past. Well, firstly, I think it's, pretty normal like i think we're as people it's very confronting going to see a psychologist is very confronting going to talk about yourself in a vulnerable space with someone that you don't know objectively one-on-one in a room that's locked it's confronting kind of like we are right now yeah yeah close faces really close together (laughs) i mean you'd probably be a little bit further apart (laughs) than we are now but yeah it's confronting and so firstly i think like let's normalize that it's tough to go and see a psychologist it's hard to book into that first session it's confronting and 
you don't know what you're getting into a lot of the time when you go to see a psychologist. There are so many different types of psychologists out there, so many different types of therapy. It can be hard to know what you're getting into. And it really is a bit of a, um, I want to say a game of trust, you know, like mm. you're going to have to kind of. That popular television show. Yeah, game of- <laughs> the game of trust. <laughs> is that right? I imagine that's got to be a television <laughs> show. <laughs> you know, a lot of my audience members are gay. It, it's kind of like when you start chatting to the profile that doesn't have a profile picture. Right. You don't quite know what you're getting yourself into. But maybe there's a beautiful ending. Yeah, well, I guess um, in a similar vein, a lot of psychologists, whilst you can see them, they kind of, depending on your type of psychologist, will have uh, maybe not the, a personality in mm. a way because they try to keep their personality, their feelings, their thoughts out of the space. Yeah. Given that often it's about you and it's about what you come into. So what do you see in that picture when you know you're there's on, no there's no one there on um, grinder on grinder it's or, it's gray and yeah. it's sort of like the outline <laughs> of a face is that what you right <laughs> so and and that means you can put whatever you see onto that okay. image and that's kind of what happens in a therapy session you're able to project and and bring into the room whatever you want feel think mm-hmm. and that's also scary that's also one of the scary parts of seeing a psychologist for the first time I, we can have this idea that we need to know how it's going to go. Yes. Um, and I think that's one of the things that can stop us from booking into a session. But like with anything in life, we often don't know how it's going to go. And that's scary, but it's also something worth trying. Do you know what I want to actually ask? It's, it's related to this and it's not about grinder. Can you tell in the session when the person is not engaged. I have disengaged with more psychologists than guys I've blown and never messaged back (laughs) because I felt like they could tell I was not engaging and that there was some sort of like farcical uh, role play going on between the two of us and then I just never go back did they ever say anything did they ask you hey uh, i'm very good at it yeah <laughs> playing the role of a of a patient yeah, yes right okay it, but you were disengaged yourself like you just didn't feel it yeah 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 mm. as a psychologist do you ever get that inkling when you're in the room and and is that a common occurrence i think like i'm often finding myself as a psychologist and this is like one of the strategies that you might use as a therapist is you avert what you see as the dynamic yes right so like if i'm sensing that you're not really engaged then i might go hey i'm my sense is that this is going on you know Uh, what do you think of that now like can i give you a quick story uh Oh, no. <laughs> this is kind of like a place where I tell stories. Yeah. Okay. It's not really a place where other people tell stories. No, please, please do. Well, I, I, it just it's happened to me once, but when someone was talking, I, I'll tell you what I noticed. I noticed myself being bored. <laughs> that, happens. that happens as a therapist. Now, I don't mean to say that happens all the time, but I'm, I'm a human. No, yes. Man. So I noticed myself being bored, and then I, and then one way to do do that is just be like, oh, I'm bored. But you wouldn't say that, no, because 
what I can do then is use that in the space and say, okay, well, why am I bored? I wonder what's going on for us in this interaction. And then I just left some space for the my, my client and it, they came to saying, you know what, I'm actually not interested in talking about this. Yeah. And they were bored themselves. But mm. only by, by leaving the space and letting them come to that on their own, that helped me sort of understand something about this person where they actually felt like they had to keep going even though they were bored. They felt like they had to perform. But when I notice that I'm bored, that's often a good indication that someone else is bored as well. Yeah. I think if my psychologist ever told me that they were bored, I would book a flight to another country <laughs> and you would never, ever it's a very, see me again. It's a very sensitive thing um, to do, but you know that's, that's human interaction sometimes. You get, you get bored mm. in it. Can I tell you a story? Please. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find every time I tell that story, I get the same reaction. So I need to rethink that one. So about 12 months ago, COVID happened. So there was, there was a lockdown. My mother passed away. And I just by chance had pre-booked in a psych session for like that kind of week. And things had been going really quite productively. We, we would go in and I would basically talk about my work-life balance and the stuff that the, the, the really bread and butter and I remember waiting in the Zoom queue for it to hop up, knowing that all of this shit had hit the fan in like literally the last 48 hours. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this guy has no idea what is about to happen in this <laughs> Zoom call. And I think I ended up performing more because right. I went in and I was like, I don't want to freak you out right. or, or anything. Uh, but just letting you know. And and so I think I've always been really curious from the perspective of the other person if that ever comes across. Mm. And it kind of, I guess it does. Yeah, well, I mean, you definitely do notice that when people are, I, I mean, because you see people every day, all day, yeah. you kind of start to notice, I think, or I have anyway, I've started to notice when people are not, there's more to it. There's another layer that they need to uncover. There's another thing that they're, they're, they're on the surface, they're presenting in a certain way, but you can tell there's an anxiety underneath and we need to sort of get to that. So I wonder if your psychologist sort of, you know, felt that with you in the Zoom space or you went straight into it actually, didn't you? you just... I, I, I really wanted to. I respect that. You know? <laughs> I think like I've had a couple of clients that would just come in and say it straight away and say what's going on and I'm like, wow, like that's, you know, good on them. Mm -mm. Sometimes I like to start crying in the queue, you know, while I'm waiting to get into the thing. Yeah, right. So, the, so like the first image that pops up on the screen is someone fully in tears <laughs> <laughs> before there's any hellos or anything. That's kind of like my favorite thing about therapy. Well, I think like, can I just, disclaim that there's no one right way to do therapy and i think you're sort of getting to that in the way that you're talking about it that you can do therapy in any way and it's not about like having to be or say or do a certain thing it just come as you are yes there isn't a right way to do it there's not necessarily a, well there is literally a textbook kind of thing i've seen them at work there's heaps of them right what's that the textbook? textbooks on how to do psychology oh uh, yeah yeah but yeah 
it's not the same for everyone. And so having a bad experience with one psych or not engaging with one psych doesn't necessarily mean it's game over. Yeah. I mean, those textbooks are textbooks that you read at university to give you a foundation, but then you springboard from them. And there's so much variation and so much space in the psych realm. Have you ever seen a ghost? Sorry, that's one of the other questions. Sorry, it's the wrong call sheet again. We are at the point of the episode where we uh, will take a short break to hear from one of our sponsors. Jared, I've um, just mm-hmm. sent you the... Yep, um, okay. Sure energy, energy up. Energy okay. up. Are you sure you want me to read this one? This one, yes. If you could just start, okay. start from the top, <clears throat> right. energy up, project into that. Okay. Tired of not being able to properly showcase your newborn baby's beauty completely unprovoked due to unsightly blemishes? Thanks to Nivea's new baby BB cream, cover up those spots and get your bub ready to hit the runway. Sure, just keep going. Just okay. keep going. This is a big deal for me. Okay. So we need you to sell the pro- like. People actually need to want to buy this product. So, okay. Thanks to Nivea's new baby BB cream, cover up those spots and get your bub ready to hit the runway. You see, if you could do it more like that. Right. I don't know that I feel that comfortable reading that ad. Just keep, you're okay. almost at the end, babes. Just. And with a number of skin tone options, no one will even know your baby's caked in makeup. Everybody loves talking to you about your new baby. That's a fact. So let's make looking at it just as enjoyable. With Nivea. Sorry, I just, does that mean that uh, you're like a a doctor? Um, well, um, I have the title doctor. Oh, yeah, because I've got this issue dealing with like, um, I just like can't sleep. and, And I just thought like, is there anything that could help like just chill me out? Like... You know? Uh, I don't... I'm not that kind of doctor. Uh, I'm not... Okay. Yeah. You, you think so you can't more... give me Valium? No, that's not what I do. Oh, okay. Never yeah. mind. Sorry. Continue with the, um, like, what is it? Mental health stuff. And we're back. Sorry, Brody, what are you doing in the studio while we're recording? Don't worry. All good. So I assume you have a life outside of working as a not psychologist. Much. <laughs> yeah, not much. I mean, I yeah, really immerse myself in psychology, but uh, yeah, no, I do have a bit of a life. I assume you have some level of yeah. a human life outside of the work that you do. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and how much of what you hear on a daily basis in session, how much of that personally ends up getting taken on board by you as a you're a person that exists out in the world, this six-foot man. (laughs) That's a great question. I think when I started, I was a bit naive about how much I took on, and then I, in that naivety, I burnt out pretty quickly. I have, over the last, you know, year and a half, really come to appreciate how critical it is for me, and I can't speak on behalf of every psychologist, but for me to have my own therapy and I'm pretty dedicated to that and committed to that because I need it. Not And not because of the work I do necessarily, but because I'm a human being that goes through my own shit. And Am I allowed to say that on 
Yeah. On this show, yeah. No, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is a family friendly yeah. show. This is actually a PG thirteen. Okay. My main demographic yeah. are the thirteens and unders, just like anyone else. Yes. And and if I'm not aware of that shit, then I can bring that into the space with someone else. I can also take more on because I. I um, grapple with it more, but if I have a space, my own therapist and supervisor that I see to to have as supports and foundations, then that's really helpful. But definitely can take stuff on if I'm not careful. It can happen. And it has. Uh, narcissistically, sometimes I like to think, I wonder if my psych is thinking about me right now. I hope I'm special for my psychologist. I hope I'm special yeah. for my psychologist. Yeah. Is that like... I hope I'm teaching my psychologist something (laughs) about the human condition, (laughs) about life Uh, and what it is to be. Obviously, we're going to keep things professional here, but have you had those moments where you've just been doing the shopping or whatever and gone, I wonder how? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that happens all the time, honestly. Like when you're... It's like any sort of um, memory can come to you at different times, especially if it's emotive. Right? Yes. We remember things that are emotional. And so a lot of the work you do is laden with lots of emotion. And so, yeah, different thoughts come at different times and it can be anywhere. Mm. When, whenever you go drinking and you learn that there's a psychologist at the table, people want to pick the shit out of your brains because they want to know ultimately – yeah, about the human condition, but they also want to know about what it does to you. I just, I, I just find that really fascinating, and I'm surrounded by you guys day in, day out. And, and, and what's that like for you, being surrounded by psychologists? Do you, do you find it like, oh, stop analyzing me, or do, do you get that? Analyze me more. <laughs> you go to see a psychologist, you can easily get fooled into thinking this person's got it all together. They know it all. They've got it all together. They're, um, they're, you know, whatever normal quotations. That's the air quotation. Uh, you almost believe that they're superhuman. You can get fooled into thinking that. When you're six foot four, <laughs> that can happen. But quite we're often. sitting down. <laughs> we're sitting down in the room. This is another when you're drinking with psychologists question are there any good psych horror stories oh. it doesn't have to be you yeah. obviously <laughs> i mean you hear about them at uni yeah you know and they kind of tell you the horror stories to sort of drill it into you mm, mm. to make sure that you don't do that thing are any of them funny in a light-hearted but motivational way for our listeners <laughs> <laughs> classics really which are the the ones that you hear about which are the therapists you know end up in relationships with uh, their, with their, their clients. clients and um sleep with their clients and then want to get out and then it's all sorts of trouble mm, mm, mm. i saw a news article i think maybe two years ago about a man who was actually just posing as a psychologist oh wow yeah and and climbed the ranks for, for about two years and had wow. quite a solid client base before anyone realized that that was just a man in a room. 
Gosh. But that's an easy mistake to make. Well, yeah. Do you know how many men there are in rooms that I've just opened up to? I can't imagine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's actually can it's can be scary. The, the 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 you know the quality control. This was something we were talking about earlier. How you know whether a psychologist is actually a good psychologist? Because yeah. the only people that see them practicing really are their clients. So they say that the greatest amount of reporting a psychologist to the board that happen is when a client goes to see another psychologist and that psychologist hears about what's happening. Ah. I was more hoping for like a story like I, I'm a big fan of escape rooms. Do you know those escape rooms where you solve puzzles? And, yes. Uh, and I did, one, uh, I did one on the weekend where you actually had to get inside a coffin and have your partner push you through a wall, which wow. has been like a lifelong goal of mine. But my favorite thing to ask whenever I go to an escape room is because you have cameras, what is the most horrific thing you've ever seen? And this girl told me once that they were watching a team and the girl was so invested in solving the puzzle that like, she didn't want to leave the room and she didn't know that you could just buzz to leave the room. So she grabbed one of the prop buckets and she just did a poopy... Uh, oh. Well, her friends ran around and like no. solved the puzzle. <laughs> she needed to go to the toilet that badly. Yes, that badly. And so that was kind of the horror story I was aiming at. Like, yeah. Have, like, is there any toilet humor? I think I can... a psychologist ever taken a shit in the room with a client? Is that what you're asking me? Is Just that... something along those lines. <laughs> I, I can't say I've heard of anything like that. Something I've always really wanted to ask as psychologists that fix other people and make them better human beings what exactly is it that you know about being a person that the rest of us don't because it seems like to me being a person is like this really difficult thing so complicated like a cheat code we just haven't yeah, we basically got um, a secret society. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a website uh, we we have a code to. Um, can I? I'm 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 going to use the word chalishing here. Chalishing yeah. is okay. like a Yiddish word for like dying to say something. Yes, I think that's one of the things that we can get a little bit misconstrued on when it comes to seeing a psychologist. And this is one of the things I'm actually I actually feel like I work a lot with is trying to trying to construct therapy so that it's not me helping someone actually so it's not me fixing them so it's not me being you know knowing stuff that they don't know because I don't I don't know stuff that they don't know I okay. I know some things about the mind I know some things about the mind but there is a lot of things I don't know about and so I think one of the things that I know as a psychologist maybe that other people are unaware of is the nature of therapy Okay. And that therapy is something that is not about fixing someone, um, even though we come to be fixed often, but that it's more about being with someone. I think we're trying to be in a space where it's we're not a guru as a psychologist. And as soon as you um, go and see a psychologist as a guru, you enter what they have a name for, the guru paradox, okay. the guru problem, you know where you're going to be fixed and by the nature of you going to be fixed, if the guru fixes you, then you've got the problem. 
Okay. Because then the next time it happens, you need to go back to the guru and they need to tell you what to do again. And then you need to go, oh, okay, I'm good. But until the next thing. So you, that dynamic is a very good business model. <laughs> Funnily enough, the name of my high school band was the Guru Paradox. Really? Yeah, but I had no idea that was an actual thing. And okay. we're about to play a snippet of one of my <laughs> songs um, from the Guru Paradox. This was the um, lead single. It's called Beta Blockers, in parentheses, I can't come anymore. I used to cry Whenever I showered Or if you rang From a private number Oh god, who's trying to call me? But now I'm prescribed For beta blockers And everything's fine Except for one little problem I can't come anymore. He can't come anymore. Just give it a minute, babe. Let's give it he a minute. can't come yeah. anymore. No, no, no. It's not you. Just he can't come anymore. Let's just try again in a little. He can't yeah, come I'm sorry. anymore. Stop putting your own songs in the podcast. Well, why? Especially the ones about come. Spotify pulled it for a reason, babe. They pulled it because. It's not because it was inappropriate. Uh. And that's our interview. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on to the lily pad and talking to us very openly about mental health, about the process, and about how scary therapy can be. Thank you, Dr. Jared White. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Is there anything you'd like to plug, like a website perhaps? Um, Well, I want to say I'm really happy to be on the show, so thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Two things. One, my website is drjaredwhite.com. You can see everything I do on there, um, any sort of uh, radio stuff or workshops or anything like that. And there's an Instagram page that I run called uh, The Lives of Others. You can find it at underscore The Lives of Others. And it's all about sharing mental health stories. We often post about people's tattoos and the mental health stories behind the tattoos because there's always generally a good mental health story behind a tattoo. Mm. Um, And it's just a way to destigmatize talking about mental health. So if you want to check it out and see, um, you know, what kinds of stories are on there because I think that we just get something out of feeling like we're not alone in the way we think and feel. So um, you can check that out too. So I guess we did end up learning something after all, Bumblebee. Mm, Yeah. And thank you to everyone for listening to our first ever episode. Don't forget to follow us at LilyPadPod on Instagram for more content. Uh, so should we start recording now? You mean that hasn't been recording for the last 40 minutes? Oh, I thought because he's just like a random... He's not a random, he's a psychologist. Should I leave now? <laughs>